Peace, grace, this is Pastor Colton Lott from First Christian Church, Disciples of Christ, El Reno. We have the privilege of building Christian community in El Reno for the world. And so if you care about building Christian community or El Reno or the world, we're glad you're listening to this podcast. If you want to help contribute to the gospel work of this congregation, please visit our website, fcclreno.org, and go to the Give Online tab. And now, here's the sermon for the week. Let us begin with a word of prayer. Dearly Father, I ask that you come and be in this time and place, that you open our hearts and our ears to the words that you are speaking to each of us today. Dearly Father, I ask that you use me as a vessel of the good news, to glorify you. See your sense, we pray. Amen. Alright, we're on week two of our series, More Than Enough, based on the book More Than Enough, Living in a Culture of Excess, by Lee Hole Moses. And the second chapter of the book is entitled Enough. And it begins, she begins this chapter with this story. So here are these words. One Sunday evening, back in January, a small parable played out itself, mostly unnoticed at the downtown ice rink. The night we were there, it was warm and we barely needed jackets, and the ice kept turning to slush, making skating difficult. But for the kids in town that only gets one or two sled-quality snows a year, this artificial rink and the sledding hill nearby a big hit. After Harper had connected with some of her best friends from school and was getting the balance on the actual ice skates, I took Jonathan, who was still a little too small for the rink, to check out the sleds. The hill was popular as the ice rink, even if it wasn't as in a grand scheme of sledding hills. It was more of an icy ramp with a six-foot rise that kids slid down on thick plastic saucers provided by the management. And when we got there, there was a long line of kids waiting on the stairs leading to the top. And another group of kids and parents milling around at the bottom of the stairs trying to figure out the system. Each of the kids standing on the stairs leading to the top of the hill had a sled. But there didn't seem to be more available. Where did you get the sleds? We asked each other, we looked around, confused. A few people walked to the far end of the hill where the slope ended and lay in wait for exiting sledders. Others hung around the bottom of the stairs until somebody showed up with a sled. And there was even a few almost harsh words, that's mine, I was waiting. I could feel the anxiety level of the crowd rising as everybody jostled to get their hand on that this suddenly scarce and highly valuable commodity. Finally, the worker at the top of the hill hollered down, pass up the sleds. Those of us holding sleds looked around for a few minutes, confused. We waited for these sleds. We had fought for them. We had earned them. When we were supposed to just pass them up, before we even got a chance to use them? But then it finally clicked. There weren't enough sleds for everybody standing in line to 
to you from the people waiting below. There was more than enough sluts. I love this story and how it goes from a mindset of not enough to more than enough. And nothing really changes. The number of sluts didn't change, did it? But how the people were working together and how they were sharing what they already had changed everything. Last week, our scripture was from the beginning of chapter 16, where everybody was sitting around and complaining and grumbling because there was nothing to eat. But as we continue to read through chapter 16, we come today to verse 11, where we begin, and here the Lord tells Moses his plan to provide for his people. In the evening, people will have meat, and then in the morning, they will have bread. And because God has provided for the people's needs to sustain them, and to keep them from being, going hungry, they will know that God is real and cares for each of them. The people, of course, didn't understand what was given to them. So Moses instructs them to gather as much as they needed for their families. Take an omer for each person in your tent, is what he instructed. An omer is equal to just over nine dry cups. That's pretty good, right? So God was generous in what he provided. And if you gather too much for your family, that's exactly how much you needed. And if you gather too little, that was how much you needed. Everybody had enough. And God provided what they needed daily. So this is a story that we've heard often. And it reminds us of how God provides for our needs. But I want us to look deeper into it and how it applies to our lives today. Does God provide meat for us at night and bread for us in the morning? Nope, he doesn't, right? At least not at my house. That would be nice. I'm tired of cooking. We've been doing that a lot lately. But he does provide for us, just like he provided for the Israelites. If you, we want to say that God will supply our daily bread, like we pray in the Lord's Prayer, why are there hungry people across the world or even across town? Does that mean that some people are more important than others? Of course, most of you know that is not what God is trying to tell us. And those words would never come from my mouth. As I believe we are all children of God and that every one of us is important to him. But I do believe this scripture today is a challenge and a call to action for each of us. It is a call for us to decide to live, to trust God, and to not give in to our own greed and our own control. When we give in, we store up more than we need. We have things that go bad. I don't know about you, but my refrigerator needs cleaned out right now because I have more than I needed. We waste what God has provided for us. So I challenge us to, we need to examine our lives and determine what is enough. My enough may not be the same as your enough, and that is fine. But if we live in the confines of enough, then there would be plenty to go around for everyone. Everyone would have their needs met, and the kingdom of God would be here on earth in this time and place. More for you does not mean less for me. Let me say that again. More for you does not mean less for me. You do not have to take from me in order for 
and too much of. So let's think about this for just a minute and start making our list that we've got our not enough, our enough, more than enough, too much of. Okay, that's really easy. So we're going to start with money. Where are you at? Not enough? Enough? More than enough? Too much of. We all go through our seasons, and I know none of us are millionaires, but some of us can pay our bills, and some of us are struggling from paycheck to paycheck. What about when it comes to food? Do you have enough of that? Or like me, are, do you have too much of that, that I'm going to go home and clean out the refrigerator and throw things in the trash? What about shelter? How's your house? Is it enough? More than enough? Not enough? What about sleep? I'll just tell you right now, I had a bad night. I did not get enough sleep. I've already complained about it. Paul's already heard it from me. So I'm going to put not enough in that one. What about time? We all have the same amount there, right? How much are we trying to squeeze in? Can we get it all done? What about clothing? Yeah, right. Joyce is laughing. We all need to clean out our closets, right? We have more than enough there. Probably we have too much. But let's think about some of those intangible items that we have in our lives. Love. Do we have enough? Too much? Just like what I'm talking about, that when I have enough, that I didn't take it from you, love is the same way. When we share love, it, we don't have a limited capacity of that, right? We have so much love to share. So where are you at? And are you sharing it with somebody else? What about friendships? Do you have friends? Do you have enough? Too much? And maybe if you don't have enough, why is that? Maybe you're not making time. Maybe you're not reaching out. Maybe you're not going anywhere, but you're just staying in your house by yourself. We learned how to do that well in the last eight. So I challenge you to really think about that. We live in a culture where competition is king, where we think we have to be the smartest or the fastest or the richest, but not everybody can be the best. Not everybody can have the most. And when that is our mindset, we will never be content. We will always be trying to reach something that is unattainable, and that will always be there will always be somebody better than you are. Every record that's made is broken by somebody else eventually, right? We think those Olympic athletes are the fastest, but there'll be somebody faster in the future. And although everybody can't have the most, everybody can have enough. What if we live for enough instead of for the best? We need not equality, but equity. Equity is where everybody has what they need to succeed, which is different from equality, where everybody is given the same, regardless of need. This graphic here I love because it illustrates this perfectly. So in the first picture there, that is equality. Everybody got the same size block to look over the fence. Now the tall person could look over the fence easily. And the medium-sized person. But that poor short person, could he see over to watch the ball game? No, nope, but he was treated equally. 
given what they needed to succeed. The tall person didn't need a box, did he? The second one just needed a little box. And the short person needed two boxes in order to be successful. Now the third picture here, I'm just going to throw that in just for us to think about, is when everybody can see the game and any support or accommodations because of the cause of inequity are addressed. Whatever is standing in the way, the hard wooden fence is removed so everybody has access to watch the game. So how can we treat each one, each person that we meet with equity? When I think about enough, my mind goes back to my experiences, the things that I and the youth have learned in our five times that we've gone to have a ranch in Arkansas. Some of us are a little slow, so it takes me five times to learn things. Heifer Ranch is a learning facility sponsored by Heifer International. And through hands-on activities and experiences, we learn about consumption and resources and our role as being global neighbors. For example, did you know that more than 800 million people currently do not have enough food to meet their nutritional needs every day? Meanwhile, there are 650 million that are obese. People go hungry not because there is insufficient food, but because our global economic system distributes it unfairly. The number of people suffering from hunger has actually increased in recent years due to development progress, not keeping up with the rapid population growth. The current estimates that there are nearly 690 million people that are hungry, or 8.9% of the world's population. That is up by 10 million in the last year, and up by 60 million in the last five years. The majority of the world is undernourished, 381 million people, most of which are found in Asia. In 2019, close to 750 million, or nearly one in 10 people, were exposed to severe levels of food insecurity. And yes, that happens right here in Oklahoma and in El Reno. I will say some of the things that we learned during the pandemic is that El Reno, unlike other areas of the state, we were really good at working together to make sure that people were fed. Through the school, through the Lord's Harvest, through Minister Alliance, people were fed. Through the blessing boxes, there were very little people really searching for food. According to recent estimates in 2015, 10% of the world's population, or 734 million people, lived on less than a dollar and 90 cents a day. What did you do with a dollar and 90 yesterday? You know, that's not even a Coke a lot of places, is it? One out of five children live in extreme poverty. And the negative effects of poverty and deprivation in the early years have ramifications that last a lifetime. Yet, America's, America consumes 5% of the population of the world, but we consume 24% of the world's resources. We have more than enough here, right? And we are making sure that we take it all. And these are not just stats 
many of God's children, my neighbors around the world, and here that do not have enough. This makes me stop and look in the mirror and examine what I believe is enough. Then I have to make changes on how I'm living so that I consume less and help to provide those here and around the world with enough. God is calling each of us to define what enough looks like and not and take only enough for our family for this day. We cannot store up the excess for tomorrow. We have to trust. We can't have greed and trust in the same relationship. We have to trust that God will indeed provide just what we need when we need it. We have to stop being motivated by greed and learn to be content with enough. This will require a complete mind shift, but God turns the world upside down all the time. He does that throughout the gospel when he calls his followers to live and act. So one of my favorite games that we play while we're at Pepper Ranch is one where there are three hula hoops on the ground. And the game begins with the same number of resources, or in this case, stuffed animals, at, in each of the hula hoops. So the goal is to provide, is to protect your hoop and your resources, while at the same time taking the resources of the other team. So they say go, everybody starts running for more resources. Of course, we put somebody there to protect our resources. And when time is up, somebody has more than enough, and somebody has very few resources. Then we get to process it and think about how the world is distributed in the same way. We know that there's enough food produced every year for everybody to have food, but it's not equally distributed globally. So here are some facts that were in this chapter or in the intro of our book that we're reading more than enough that I want to share with you and ponder for just a minute. If you can afford to read a book and have time to read it, if you own more than one technical device that requires a charger, if you've got a safe place to sleep tonight, if you know what you're having for dinner, or at least that you know that you can afford dinner. If you've gotten even a little savings to fall back on, if you started to think about savings for your children for college, if you've eaten in a restaurant this week, or swung through a drive-thru, then I'm going on, out on a limb and say that you've got more than most people in the world. The UN on their website, www.un.org, has all kinds of resources and action plans that everybody can participate. They have different levels. And the first one is, from sitting on your couch, what you can do to help eliminate hunger, all the way to being the most active. So I ask, what do we need to think about is what is enough for us? What would my dinner look like tonight if we wanted enough for our kids? What would our public policies look like with hunger relief if we were trying to provide enough for everyone? God calls us to live lives of enough. Enough is not nothing. Enough is no winners or losers. 
No one gets hungry and no one gets lost. Enough with grace is abundant life. Amen. This sermon podcast is a ministry of First Christian Church, El Reno, Oklahoma. It is preached about 85% of the time by senior minister Colton Lott, about 10% of the time by associate minister Tara Dew, and about 5% of the time from a beloved guest. If you check the math and we're wrong, don't worry about it. This podcast is produced by communications coordinator Rachel Carlson, and the instrumentalization you hear is by Chris Prather, our bell choir director, percussionist, and composer in residence. Christian community is made up by the individuals who show up each week, and so while this has been preached and produced by some, it is the work of many. So whether you show up with your body or with your enthusiasm, with your dollars, with your prayers, or your love, thank you for making the body of Christ real and felt and known. Go and be a blessing this day and always, friends. Amen.